I had to take some time today to really think about what I wanted to say, because as a doctor, what's happening now in New York and will likely soon be happening everywhere is frankly overwhelming. And seeing it firsthand yesterday really kind of shocked me. And so I've spent the last 20 hours or so just kind of thinking about what's happening in the world and this crisis, this, this global crisis that is frightening and just something we've never seen before. Today is going to be a little more sobering because I got called in yesterday to the front lines of this war. And it's a war we're losing, and it's really overwhelming. And emotionally, I'm, I've never seen anything like it. And it's, it's hard. It's, it's really hard. There's people that are sick and dying, and we can't really help them. And it's, it's scary. And we're, we're frightened. And so I've put some stuff together here to kind of collect my thoughts. So as you know, I'm Dr. Michelle Gordon. And if you're watching the replay, thanks so much uh, for being a part of the menopause movement. Today, I'm going to give you a report of the front lines of the coronavirus outbreak in New York. And I'm not in the city. One of my colleagues is a GYN oncologist. So that means that she's a gynecologist and she only operates on women who have cancer of the female organs. And her hospital has 50 ventilators and they're all in use. And she was in the ICU yesterday. And so that little meme that's gone around Facebook, you know, saying, you know, you, you might have your ventilator might be managed by a gynecologist is actually true. And it's happening. So, you know, we're, we're trained, surgeons at least are trained in critical care. Gynecologists really are not. And so, but we're overwhelmed. The, the healthcare system is completely overwhelmed right now, and it's just getting worse. And then to have a president who says, you know, you got to treat me nice to get ventilators is basically trading his own ego for the fact that people are dying on the front lines, and it's, it's infuriating. So anyway, it's going to be a report from the front lines. And we're going to talk about what's really happening and why it may not have spread to where you live and why it's so overwhelming for us in the healthcare system and how you can stay safe. I'm just overwhelmed. Also, I just want to talk for a minute about the Menopause Movement podcast. Make sure you subscribe to it so you're always the first to know when each episode is released. It's usually Tuesday night in the U.S., Wednesday morning in Australia, and early Wednesday morning, I think, in Europe. Other people that I have coming onto the podcast include a woman who teaches menopause yoga, and so we'll talk about ways to manage your stress. I've got Stephanie Davis coming back to talk about how different Enneagram types manage, you know, are likely to manage this crisis, and that should be a really fun conversation, so that one's coming up. I'm also speaking to Dr. John Carazzola, who was a former orthopedic surgeon, but now manages hormones and sexuality in women. And so we've got quite a few really great people coming up. I also be hoping to be talking to James Wedmore soon, who is a thought leader in the online business space and has a, a unique outlook on what is happening in the world. And I, I'm really excited to share with him. So make sure that you subscribe to the podcast. And then also, if you haven't left a review for the podcast yet, please leave a review so that more women can find it. And that can help us all get 
through menopause. No one should have to go through it alone. The other thing I want to remind you about is don't forget our free training on managing menopause naturally. It's designed to help you go from mental misery, and that's hot, sweaty, sleepless nights, irritable, low mood, or feeling like an alien has beamed down and taken control of your body, or feeling like menopause is a full-time job to mental mate, and the mental mates aren't bothered by symptoms and are happy and content with their lives, and even dropping weight and fitting into their pre-menopause clothes, among other things. Mostly they just are much happier. Just go to learn.menopausemovement.com forward slash start to access that free training. Some people have trouble getting to the next page after they put their email in. And if that happens, then go ahead and just change your browser. I want to talk a little bit about what's happening on the front lines of coronavirus and COVID-19, and uh, it's not pretty. Yesterday, I was called to the hospital to help support some people who have fallen victim to the disease, and as a surgeon, I do invasive procedures, and so that's what I had to do. And the first thing I want to tell you is that the people who get sick, they get really, really, really sick. 80% won't get that sick. They'll have a mild cough. They'll they'll maybe have a fever or they'll have, you know, flu-like symptoms or they might lose sense of taste or smell. But those who get sick get really, really sick. And of everyone who gets it right now globally, we're looking at about a 4% mortality rate. And last week we talked a little bit about the Spanish flu and how that was about a 2% mortality rate worldwide. Between 50 and 100 million people died of that. So 4% would be, you know, double what happened with the Spanish flu. Now, we don't know what's happening with this disease. And the reason we don't know what's happening with with this disease is because we're not testing. Uh, We don't have enough test kits and the data are just not accurate. And so what happens in in something like this is that the, the data gets put together at the end of outbreak when it's over. So we can only guesstimate But what I can tell you is that those who get sick are getting really, really sick. And, you know, we've got hospitals that have reached their capacity for ventilators. People are dying. And when we run out of ventilators, we're not going to be able to support people. So I'm going to talk a little bit today about the pathophysiology of the virus. I want to make a disclaimer that I'm not giving medical advice here. I'm talking a bit about the physiology, the pathophysiology of the virus and some of the newest information that I've gotten from my colleagues. If I talk about, you know, what we're seeing that's working, that I'm not telling you to take anything special. Just just remember, I'm giving you my opinion and it's not medical advice. The reason why people get so sick, the virus comes in through your mouth or nose, and this is why you're urged not to touch your face, and we we can't help it. I mean, we're just, you know, people talk with their hands and then they touch their face, but if you touch a surface, we know that it can live onto surfaces up to 17 days. So you touch a surface and you touch your face, and then boom, it's inside your face, inside your respiratory system. So that's why you're urged to not touch your face. If you, you know, go to the bathroom or you go out, you want to make sure that you're you know, washing your hands. If you're going to go to the grocery store and you wear gloves, make sure that you wear gloves, but you don't touch your face because then you're not, it's not helping. Wearing gloves is not going to help if you're touching your face and then you're touching some other surface. So pay attention to that. Be mindful of that. It makes its way from the cells in your respiratory tract. And I'm going to talk about the physiology of the lung a little bit here, and I'm going to really simplify it. So if anyone's an anatomist or a physiologist who's watching, be gentle with me. All right. (laughs) 
but it makes its way to the cells that form little pockets that allow your lungs to distribute oxygen to your body, and they're called alveoli. Now, the type 2 alveolar cells have a special enzyme called angiotensin-converting enzyme type 2, and there is a receptor there on that, on that cell, and they've been, these cells have been shown to be a point of entry to the virus, and this is in some of the studies that have come out of China. Now, what's interesting is, is that the virus has an angiotensin converting enzyme receptor and the way we've talked about it before, but it's a lock and key mechanism. So it goes into the cell and then it, it's virus thing. The type two alveolar cells are responsible for creating this little, for lack of a better word, it's, it's something called surfactant. And what it does is it, it lines the cells so that they can slide across each other. But on top of that, it helps with the oxygen exchange. So consider... The lungs are like big balloons, big balloons that when you take a deep breath, they go in, up and then they go down and then they go up and then they go down, right? So they fill, they contract and, exp and expand. And as, you eat, as we breathe, the lungs exchange oxygen and the oxygen then is able to fuel the rest of the functions of the body. So this is basic physiology. What's really interesting about this is that we found that many people who have high blood pressure may be a little bit more susceptible because we use something called an angiotensin converter, converting enzyme blocker, right? Or inhibitor, an ACE inhibitor or an angiotensin receptor blocker, ARB, to treat hypertension. And so if that's downregulated already, then when the virus comes in, it can be even more virulent. And some of the research that's coming out is showing that people on these types of drugs may be more susceptible. But what the disease does and why it's so bad is the virus comes in through your nose or mouth and attaches to these type two alveolar cells. And then as a virus, it, it takes over the genetics. So the best way to give you an analogy is that it's like, it's like a computer virus, right? Computer virus will place code onto your computer and then it, it's broken, right? You have to pay the Bitcoin or, you know, whatever, or you got to throw it out and buy a new one. Okay. In this case, it places code in the cell. So it goes into the genetics, into the, the stuff that fuels the cell is, right? The nucleus where the genetic material is, it puts itself in there. So you've got the nucleus and then it, it kind of interrupts the DNA. It puts its RNA strand in there and that gets, becomes part of the DNA and it just, creates havoc. I mean, its whole job is to be chaos, okay? Now, we've talked before about the fact that viruses aren't alive. They're not alive. They need a cell to replicate. And all the only job of a virus is to propagate its genetic code. And normally it's short-lived, right? We've had viruses with us forever, and the common cold is a type of coronavirus. So it's short-lived, and we're able to mount an immune response, and it goes away. However, since this virus is novel or new to the human species, it is particularly virulent. It's highly contagious and we're finding deadly. So when it enters your lung, it attaches to the ACE2 receptor and starts to replicate. And the body reacts like it's supposed to. The body notices that there's something wrong and the infected cell dies and then the body can't keep up. Multiple cells die, and all the while, the little balloons, like we talked about, that are providing the oxygen exchange start to collapse. They collapse, they fill with fluid and debris, and the next thing that happens is the body tries to get rid of the invader. So it does this through a massive inflammatory reaction called a cytokine storm. Now, I don't want to go into all the physiologic details, but suffice it to say that the inflammatory response creates more fluid, more debris, 
and the balloons that are responsible for the oxygen exchange not only fill with this fluid and debris, but they get stiff and they stop working. And then we have a condition called acute respiratory distress syndrome. Now, this is rapid respiratory failure that requires mechanical ventilation. So the lungs stop working. So instead of having this kind of, you know, back and forth, we, we have less and less and less and less and less. And so people <laughs> they start to turn blue. They can't, they can't keep up. They get tired. They say that they're going to get, you know, we, a phrase that we use in the ICU and we speak to the families and we'll say, you know, they're going to get tired because they can't keep up with the what's called the work of breathing. The work of breathing is not possible, and then we have to mechanically ventilate. Now, when the lungs start to fail, they're filled with pus and debris, they're not working, and then other parts of the body start to shut down, like the kidneys, and then we get sepsis, okay? So we have this whole storm of the body trying to get rid of the virus that's causing this big inflammatory reaction and we're acting the way we're supposed to, but we're not familiar with the virus. We don't have a vaccine. We don't have a treatment. And we do what we can, but there is no treatment for this. And this is why this whole picture is very, very scary. And it's ugly. So when I was at the hospital yesterday, I saw it firsthand. And I've seen plenty of chest x-rays in my career. And I haven't seen chest x-rays that look this bad. We have to respect this virus. And we have to respect the disease that it causes. We have more patients on ventilators that we've ever had in my entire career at this hospital. And most likely the, the whole hospital will become ventilators and everyone will be going in and managing vents because we can't help it. So the virus is serious and it's killing people. So those of us who have to confront it on a regular basis are scared and we're scared for ourselves. We're scared for those we love and we're scared for you. We're, we're really scared for you. And Again, the reason this is so bad is that we don't have a treatment for it, okay? We're shooting in the dark with azithromycin and Plaquenil. Some say vitamin C and zinc can help, so I take both. But just be careful with zinc. So I'm not giving medical advice here, but just be careful if you decide to take zinc. You can get zinc over the counter. It's used for the common cold. We've seen in research that it can decrease the severity of a common cold. But don't take more than 220 milligrams daily if you take zinc. So vitamin C, you can take a lot because whatever extra you are going to urinate out, it comes out through the kidneys. If you have kidney compromise, any sort of kidney compromise, then talk to your doctor first before you take anything that is filtered through the kidneys. But just... I mean, I would say that, you know, as a doctor, I would say that before you take any supplement, speak to your doctor, because many supplements can interfere with your, with your medications. But just be careful if you decide to take anything. Vitamin C infusions were also shown to help in Wuhan, but we're not doing that here in the US. So eventually, we're going to find a treatment combination that works, because that's what we do. We're scientists, and we take science, and, and we're going to get a vaccine, but we don't have that now. And so this isn't going to happen. We're not going to get some sort of treatment before more people will die. And, you know, more people than we think are going to die. And, you know, for those people who are saying it's not as bad and we have to go back to work and all these things, that's not my experience looking at it from the front lines. So what can you do? All right, what can you do to help stop the spread? Again, stay home. Okay, if you have to go out, stay six feet away from other people. And the reason for that is that this thing, it's spread via droplet. We don't think it's aerosolized, so it, it's not probably not through the air, but it's not airborne, but in that it is aerosolized in droplet form when you sneeze, and a sneeze can go six feet. 
Okay. So, and then we know from the Princess Cruise studies that it stays alive on surfaces for up to 17 days. And so you have to wash your hands and soap and water will kill it. So wash your hands. And if your hands are getting chapped from washing them so much, then get some hand lotion. But, you know, wash your hands. You can use an alcohol swab or alcohol wash, but washing your hands with soap is just as effective. So, you know, stay home, wash your hands, go to the grocery store, stay six feet apart from people. Try not to hoard if you can help it. Now, most cases will be mild. So I, I don't want to be a doomsdayer. But you know, again, I'm on the front line here. And it's it's really scary. But most people who get it, about 80% or so will not have anything more than a cough and a fever, or might lose their sense of smell, or lose their sense of taste for a while. You know, again, we're resilient, and we can survive anything we always have when we always will. So what we want to do is encourage each other and be the best we can be. This is a global crisis. And I want to help to build our community. So in, you know, speaking of building our community, we have our bring your own bottle zoom ins on Tuesdays. And stay tuned to the group and the page to register for our weekly zoom ins. They're really fun. They're not recorded. I recorded the first one, but we've decided that parties aren't recorded. So if you want to join in to, you know, increase your community in this time of isolation, then make sure you follow the link and register for it. They're free. And they're designed to increase our interaction with each other and have have a drink. So, you know, a lot of women are bringing wine. Many women are bringing water, whatever. I have my coffee or my tea at that time. So just, you know, we can sit and talk about anything. We don't really have a, an agenda ever. We just talk. And it's just a, a matter of, of having community. So watch the posts in the page and in the group so that you too can join in and help support this community and have a drink and a laugh. One of the things I've noticed is that having the, the, the community meetups that we have has helped to increase my mood and the mood of the women who join in. And then the minnowmates as well, we, we're trying to get together a little bit more to support each other and be a community. You know, remember the minnowmates are a carefully curated community of women living through menopause. And to find out more, go to learn.menopausemovement.com slash start and take our free training on how to get on top of your menopause symptoms. Now more than ever, community is important because of social distancing. And, this, you know, it, at this point, online community is vital. So the minnowmates are a thriving community of women who are supporting each other through menopause and life. And we'd love to have you join us. Join in on our meetups on Tuesdays. And thanks for being a part of the menopause movement. But this is really, really, really trying times. And it's it's really hard for us. I know people who are planning, you know, they're planning live events for July. And I think that's too soon. And I, I don't see this happening anytime. I don't see any sports, any anything like that happening for a while. Until we get a vaccine or we get a treatment or something that works, then it's we have to keep our distance. And I think we can keep our physical distance, but we don't have to keep our social distance. And that is why we have our, our Tuesday meetups, just to have a laugh and to talk about our lives. It's really scary. And you know, I, I was in pretty much emotional withdrawal all day yesterday. I came home and I ate my feelings. <laughs> so I understand, you know, why people are having quarantinis and you know, baking and, and things like that, because you know, eating it's so pleasurable. And you know, what we did was we ordered cauliflower pizza and pasta. So I ate a bowl of pasta. And eggplant rollatini, garlic knots, 
and I didn't feel shitty afterwards. I, I just got tired because it was like a huge carb coma and I don't eat a lot of carbs. But yeah, it's really hard and scary that this is so deadly and we don't have a treatment. You know, as a physician, we've always had a treatment for something. And so, you know, we're taught if this happens, then you do this. We're taught to follow an algorithm of treatment. And this, we don't have an algorithm of treatment and it, it's all over the world. You know, of course, New York is on the front line, but that doesn't mean that it won't be. I mean, at least in the US, I mean, I know that the cases are going up in small countries like the UK. We, we know what happened in Italy and we're just two weeks behind Italy. And while our mortality rate is much lower than Italy's, we just don't know because in two weeks, you know, we're, we're going to see more. I mean, we're on a curve that is just going straight up. It's just going straight up. So I don't know, you know, how these things go as they go up and then they eventually come down. And what's happened you know, from my understanding, anecdotal evidence over in China is that they opened up the theaters, they opened up the movie theaters, and they had a spike, and they had to close them back down again. And so, you know, social gatherings are probably not, you know, going to happen for a while. And so it's going to completely change the way we think, the way we live. And now more than ever, having skills that can allow us to manage our emotions and be with other people is just it's crucial. That's it for today. Thanks for watching. And thanks for being a part of the menopause movement. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave five star reviews so that more people can find it more women can find it, you know, and I've, I've kind of gone gone off the wagon about the three things that you're going to get done this week. I mean, our goals don't go by the wayside just because we have to stay home. So you know, make sure that you think every day about what you want to accomplish. You know, right now is a time to sit and reset. It's a time for us to reset our lives and to really look at what is important. What is important and what do we want to learn right now? What can we do? This is an opportunity for us to take time to learn something new. You know, there's plenty of, you know, Harvard has a whole bunch of online courses that are free. There's a great platform called Coursera where you can go and take free or, you know, sometimes low cost courses that will, you know, teach you anything, you know, from business to how to speak a language. If there's something that you were waiting for more time to do, you get the time now. You can't go anywhere. It's important that we hold each other up in this time of crisis and stay home so that we can have fewer people to take care of. People are dying and it's real. Thanks you guys for staying to the end. I really appreciate you. And don't forget to go to learn.menopausemovement.com forward slash start to access our free training on getting out of mental misery. All right, I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Menopause Movement Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Gordon. And I wanted to take a moment to share what one of our community members has achieved since she's been working with me. Amanda has had an amazing transformation. Amanda was struggling with joint pain, hot flashes, forgetfulness, sleeplessness, weight gain, and an angry mood. In addition, she lost her confidence and self-worth as menopause crept up on her. Since joining the Menopause Movement membership, Amanda's quality of life has improved in ways no one could have predicted. She has truly transcended the symptoms of menopause and is now living her best life. This is what I want for everyone in the community. Take a listen to Amanda's story. I just want to show you what's possible when you join the community and do the work. Transcendence is available for you, too. Now here's Amanda. Hi, my name is Amanda. I am 54 years old and I live in the UK. At this moment in time, I'm in a fairly good place in my life. Recently, I've lost 18 pounds and I feel healthier and more content than I have done in a long time. 
However, it hasn't always been this way. Back in October 2011, I had an accident which resulted in a serious injury and surgery and subsequently changed my life forever. And over the next few years during my recovery, menopause crept up on me, but I didn't realise what was happening straight away. I started suffering from more joint pain. I went from always being cold to feeling like I was going to internally combust several times a day. I was getting really forgetful. My sleep pattern was terrible. I piled the weight on and looked pregnant and I felt angry all the time. When things were at their worst, I felt incredibly alone and very down. I lost my confidence and self-worth and I felt completely misunderstood and confused about what was happening to me. I received very little support or information from my GP and there was limited information on the internet, but what I really wanted and needed was someone to talk to. The turning point for me was at the beginning of July 2019, when completely by accident, I came across Dr. Michelle Gordon's Facebook page on the menopause movement. At that time, she was doing daily live streams and I started listening to them. I related to a lot of what she was saying and I was really interested in the variety of topics about menopause that she was talking about the alternative ways to manage menopause symptoms in a more natural way, and how your mindset is the key factor to transforming your life more positively. I was also really interested to listen to the other ladies in the group and what they had to say. Ladies who had been or were still suffering from similar symptoms to me. How a lot of them have been able to manage their symptoms much better, and how they have turned their lives around and embraced menopause instead of treating it like a demon. Although nervous about taking a risk to join a group I didn't know, I knew that I couldn't and didn't want to carry on living my life the way I was and feeling the way I was feeling. So I made a decision that I too wanted to learn more about menopause, how to manage my symptoms better, and most importantly, learn more about my mindset and the fact that I needed help with changing my outlook on life in order for me to get it back. Life is nowhere near perfect and some days I still have my struggles. But on the whole, I can honestly say that I am in a much better place than I have been for a long time. And for my down days, I understand better how to manage them so they don't get out of hand. I am now on a journey with a fantastic community of like-minded women, all of whom continue to support each other no matter where we all live. And I no longer feel confused, misunderstood, worthless or alone. For me, this group has been both a lifesaver and a life changer. And most importantly, the one-to-one private coaching sessions that are available with Dr. Gordon as part of the membership have been invaluable to me. They provide me with an opportunity to discuss more difficult and private issues that I am struggling with and an opportunity to find solutions to address them. Without doubt, I can wholeheartedly say that I owe Dr. Gordon and her group everything for showing me how to take my life back and more importantly, take control of it. Joining her membership has been the best thing that I have ever done. However, this course is not for everyone. If you're looking for a quick fix that doesn't cost you any time, money or effort, then this is not the group for you. But if you're in a similar situation to how I was not that long ago, feeling desperate and at the end of your tether, but are willing to invest in your own future happiness and peace of mind, but are unsure as to what to do, ask questions and talk to Dr. Gordon. And if you choose to take that leap of faith, you won't regret it because who wouldn't want to take their life back if they had the chance? If you are feeling like Amanda, you're not alone. 
There is help for you in the Menopause Movement membership. I want to help you transcend your symptoms and live your best life. To discover how you can become a part of this life-changing community, go to menopausemovement.com. Thank you.